Support us as we continue to inform and illustrate the beauty of our community through this performance on 94.1 FM KPFA. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards. Welcome to Cover to Cover, Javelin's Bistro, and happy afternoon to you. That music you were hearing is by my guest, Nakia Wright. She is a flute player, and also she works with sound bowls that she uses for medicinal purposes. Today's show, we're going to talk about music, special education, which uh, Nakia has been a part of for over 10 years in the D.C. area. And now she's here in the Bay Area bringing her gifts, her talents. So we'll talk a little bit about the impact of music on special education, impact of music in our lives just in general. But more than that, uh, at the, the core of that will be how music heals and the intentions of her work that she's doing and she'll tell you how to get hold of her at the end of the hour uh hi nikia welcome to the show thank you so much for having me Javelin. <laughs> you're most welcome so you are a self-taught musician yes okay and let's tell the story of how you got into music why you got into music and what path has that led you on up until today all right so originally um i originally it was through through singing and um uh, my mom had been we i didn't get to spend a lot of time with my mom when i was a child she left and was incarcerated when i was five and uh i didn't hear a lot of really great stories about my mom from my dad's side of the family however one thing that they would share with me was that she she sang and she was a beautiful singer so I wanted to sing. And so as a child, I, I sang as all the time. I loved singing. I'd sing and perform for my family, and I just really enjoyed it. And um, as I got older, I um, like, it was very difficult. I had a difficult childhood, and I, I wasn't as inspired to, to sing. And, um, and I just didn't really think about music as something that would be something I would be able to, to have as like a career or a profession. And uh, I ended up going into education, which I really, I really enjoy. It's really just about learning, and I love learning. So, um, unfortunately, I had a lot of trauma from to my childhood that, as I was teaching, a lot of that trauma came up, and I ended up burning out from um, from teaching special ed. And I, I began just trying out things to figure out just how to heal, like how, how to bounce back, how to, you know, how to get my life, you know, like have my life together again. And um, 
I, I changed my diet. I changed my lifestyle. I quit teaching. You know, I was working 15 hours a week doing yoga, going to meditation groups, and really just tried to go at it from all sides to, to, to heal. To A wraparound program for mm-hmm. yourself. Exactly. And um, I, I had a lot of friends who, who made music, and I, I just really admired them. And, um, and I noticed how music just, just, just really fulfilled them in a way that I, I just I wanted to give it a shot. So so was, what were they doing with music in their life? Oh, so um, I have a friend, um, Amber Walson. She's a music teacher in D.C. and she uh, she taught she she taught music uh, for elementary school. Um, she would uh, uh, teach uh, lead uh, like children's musical theaters and things like that. She was a flautist. And um, I had some friends who played guitars, friends who were friends who were in bands. Um, teacher friends who you know played music on the side, so you know just a lot of lot of friends who 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 played music and I. One day I went up to Amber and I was just like, I want to learn an instrument and she loves the flute, so she was like, Hey, okay, you should play the flute because that's her jam. So, uh, so she found a flute for me for a really good price, and uh, and I you know I tested it out for a while and I. It was hard, and it, I didn't sound very good at it, and it was, you know, <laughs> it took a while for me to even figure out how to get the sound out, because it, it was a transversal flute, as a, you know, and so, um, but I, I kept at it, and, um, and I, I just, I really enjoyed the feel of playing it. The, the breath. So when, so the breath is involved in this here. Mm-hmm. So you're in this transition. You're, you're a wraparound service for yourself. You're noticing, if I'm hearing you right, that everyone around you that seem to have a foundation, they're involved in music. Yep. And at the same time, this is something that you said that was the one connection with your mother. Exactly. Was her voice. Her, her voice was her, it was her instrument. But it's something that you kind of said, I'm not going to be able to do this here with my life. So I'm going to go into education because I love learning. Mm-hmm. And so you go into education because you love learning. And then you're working in special education and you're triggered. Yep. You're triggered. Uh, do I assume that you're triggered by the students? It, it was or the behavior. No, not not as much. So I did have some really crazy experiences while teaching, and um, really it was the feeling that I was doing something that I thought was good and and servicing people, and and when I when I delved deep more deeply into it, I. I found it, it. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was. It was actually possibly causing harm. So you have to um, share with us what that really means. Particularly since all of us, one way or another, are involved in education. We have some of our listeners who are also teachers, and this is the summertime and mm-hmm. a time for them to regroup and do some self healing. And so you may be speaking to a lot of teachers. We have parents that may be listening and with children, and 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 so what that could mean for them? Are they being is the education undermining them, which has been a topic that's been out there. Um, so we're listening to 
Nakia Wright, um, self-taught musician who taught for over 10 years special education, who is now turned specifically to music and music as a way to heal. That's her work. That's the story that uh, she's presenting in her life right now. And she's here at KPFA Studios with me, Javelin Richardson, cover to cover, Javelin's Bistro. So what is a snapshot of what that looked like where you began to doubt whether or not you were actually doing more harm than good. What's an example? Um, and an example specifically with special ed is uh, is kind of how how students were classified. So um, I was in D.C. D.C. You know, at that time is about thirty percent white, thirty percent black, thirty percent Latino. But as a special education teacher, the majority of the students I worked with were black or Latino. The majority were black, and and the highest majority of that those students were black males. And so statistically, that seems impossible that so many, so many children that are so many black males specifically are, are, were in special education, were classified as having disabilities. And those disabilities sometimes were very subjective. So say, for instance, an oppositional defiance disorder um, that, you know, to be to be defiant. But if you're. A, a black male or a black female or any person of color in a, an American, you know, traditional classroom looking at a history book, that history book may, does not always um, resemble um, the facts of history. Um, and so uh, if a child questions that, you know, a good teacher would take that question and use it as a learning experience. Okay, let's let's go deeper into this and let's understand why do they have here? Why why did they? Why are they not calling these people enslaved people? Why are they calling them indentured servants? You know, which is are, are little shifts that start happening in the textbooks to kind of hide the truth. And so, it's it's a great way to like help students to to dig deeper and to be a part of that. You know, creating you know the story. But um, some teachers may choose to to say, well. This is what the book says. You got to do this assignment. You need to do it this way. And if you don't, um, you're not following directions. And if that happens enough times, there's you have enough a defined disorder. Right you here have a special Yeah. So, a student who is existing outside of the narrative that they're studying pushes back and say, "I have a question." And if that question continues, then they're now special ed, and you felt that um, at a certain time it brought up some things for you and it created burnout yes because i was one of those children who pushed back um, fortunately i had a grandmother who um had been a part of the education system and she actually um when her children when uh when when my dad and my my aunts and uncles started school she got a job at that school because they were some of the first children to integrate that school she wanted to ensure that her children were treated properly so <laughs> that's a truth that we all should embrace. And I know many parents, that's sort of the knee-jerk, like I need to be a part of this here. I need to understand. I need to know who's coming home to me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. When I ask that question, how was your day? And many kids say it was okay. It was but how was your day? And your grandmother, uh, family decided, I want to f- be a part of what that day looks like. So we'll fast forward, and now you are burnt out. 
and you're in search of your own healing. Yes. You go to a friend, they say, a flandus, and, which is a flute player, and you start playing, and you start to uh, understand the vibration of the music. Mm-hmm. At mm. the same time that I started playing flute, I was getting deeply and deep into meditation. So flute is a lot of breath work. So it, it with the combination of the breath work that I was doing for meditation and flute, it, it kind of gave me, um, playing the flute became a way that I could ground myself. Um, and, and, and even before it started to sound good to other people, it felt so good to just play it. And, um, and then at that, that's a, that's a aha moment in that before just repeat what you said before it started to mm-hmm. before it started sounding good to others i'd watch my friends while i was playing and i'd see them cringing a little bit when i first started but it just felt so good to play which was and then i, I you know I, I was fine to play alone and get better and it inspired me to want to because another reason why i i wanted to to play an instrument was to learn to communicate and engage with people in a, in a different way. Um, most of my engagement, it happened, you know, like through at parties or bars. And once I started taking care of myself and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to drink, I couldn't hang the way I, I used to. And I didn't really want to. It wasn't that fulfilling for me. I wanted to make more, I wanted to connect on a deeper level. And so being able to play music with people and create something you know, with our music, is, is was just that it, it really, you know. So I, I was inspired to want to keep getting better so that it would sound good to others. <laughs> You're listening to Nakia Wright. She's a self-taught musician, also has worked over ten years in D.C. with special education, and from what I understand, you are now fixing to go into a Ph.D. program to continue an education. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal is to apply this year for a, a joint uh, a joint program with um, SF State and uh, and Berkeley. They have a, a, a joint doctoral program for special education. And um, what uh, what I do with um, with the sound and with music, and um, I I think it would be a a great alternative intervention for students who. Um, are classified as having disabilities, both, you know, disabilities such as autism to students with emotional, you know, delays or social emotional um, delays and to um, to offer just an alternative that will it will actually allow them to, to learn how to heal themselves, connect them with these tools, um, as well as to learn how to manage their stress and to learn how to, to engage with others in healthy ways. And I just think music offers a lot of opportunities for that. What I also like that I'm hearing from you is that in pulling back out of the system as it was and then to take care of yourself and find tools to do that that you're going back inside of it because you originally started because you learned um, school is learning and you love learning and as we all do we love to learn something new for the most part and then what also I heard I think that's really important that would be very beneficial for people period Um, and then as it trickles down to the beautifulness of children learning, Mm -hmm. that you were able to say, I could fall in love with what I was doing 
before it began to fall in love before others fell in love with it. So you were able to fall in love with the process of learning, even if others cringed because they were more professional. Mm-hmm. The other part I like what you said that I think is important for our ears is that when you changed your lifestyle, no bars, no drinking, no whatever comes with that, you needed a way to continue to talk, to communicate. So you're talking through music, another way to be able to have an experience with human beings. And I think that's incredibly important mm-hmm. as we witness technology. And most kids are not, most people, kids, people are not being able to experience the intimacy and the connectiveness with the other people and music might be a way to get them to pull back and have a conversation outside of the social norms of that, which is beautiful. And so where, in doing your healing work, where are you doing it at? So um, mostly at the Bayview YMCA and um, over at the Senior Center in Bayview as well. And Bayview is over in San Francisco? Mm -hmm, It's over in San Francisco. Um, uh, And uh, I, I love it. I love being able to serve that community. Um, I have a group that's been running for about a year now. Uh, they actually, uh, the, it's an adult group, and they learn how to play the instruments. Everyone knows how to play the instruments now. We record a meditation track, so I bring in a loop device and a microphone and record their their music, and then we put it online so that they can listen to it and meditate to it throughout the week. Um, and uh, and they create this here meditation tape themselves. Yes, it's it's make your own meditation. Okay. So um, I just found in teaching that people are, are far more invested. Um, if they have a part, they can actually be a part of the creation. And one of the beautiful things about the singing bowls is they're very easy to play, and and you can you don't need a lot of technique to get a beautiful sound out of it. And so people who joined the group because they wanted to learn how to manage their stress, they didn't think of themselves as musicians. But every every week we come together and we make music together. And I imagine that in doing that, like you say, as, as you. Sh- In your language, you say, well, it's not something that you have to have rigorous study in order for it to be aesthetically pleasing to the ears, Mm -hmm. which is sort of how we structure ourselves as people. Like if it doesn't sound a certain way, then it's not good. I want to go back for a moment. When, When you said that you were able to play and it felt good, it felt beautiful before you became completely articulate into what you were doing. Mm -hmm. It's almost similar to what you were saying in terms of education when children push back. If they're able to experience their curiosity and, and, and say why this isn't there, what's going on with that, that doesn't feel right, that's a way to be feeling good, particularly if someone responds and says, I love your curiosity. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. That means, because there's a, I think we all know this that are listening, that we've heard that saying there is no wrong answer. There, you know, question, there is no such thing as a bad, no, no, there's no such thing as a bad question. Exactly. And so when we think about that, that's what children should learn to do very early on. Like, why is this book or this song or this story feels uncomfortable for me? Why are these shoes too big? Mm-hmm. Why is this hat? It's something I, that I've never seen anyone wear in my household or in my life. What does that mean? So it's similar to being able to play music without the restrictions of people saying you're not getting it perfect. 
yeah. that you're getting it from the place where you're at. And that's what questions are. Here's my question. What do we do with that question? So I'm going to invite you just because one of the things that me and Nikia talked about before we went on the air, we're going to do a couple things. One is that uh, we're going to take a music break with her music. At the very end of the show, which happens in about uh, eight minutes, we're going to do a guided meditation with the sound bowl so that you can hear that out, try to um, create something that you could do probably with your breath work as a listener. You're listening to Cover to Cover, uh, Javan's Bistro, and we'll do a, a guided meditation so you could do it at home. So if you want to, if you're having tea, if you're hanging out, we'll do that and give a sample of what that can look like. Some of you may have experienced this before. But right now, Nikhil, let's do a sound, uh, um, music break, which you play in the flute. All right. With, and as she's getting herself ready to do that, I want us to think about here's this wonderful woman who, who's in the, uh, Washington, D.C., working with children, special education, goes for it, um, and then is burnt out. So particularly if your teacher's listening, you're thinking, oh, yes, Nakia, I, I know that story. Or if your parents like, oh, yes. She took a break, pulled back, and decided to, in many ways, regain what she missed from her mother, the one story she heard, and it was music. And so here's our music break with Nakia Wright. little baby don't you cry you know what I as you was playing that and I realized the song I thought that's sort of how we think about children in school there's what they're there to learn like what did you learn today what happened in school today and some of those moments that are not pleasant particularly in a world of bullying mm-hmm. um, in a world of um, when Teachers are maybe not quite getting it or they're under the structure of a system that's bending them and they Mm. can't give their all in the way they want because they have all this, the criteria they have to meet or be penalized, whatever that means. But at the very end of the day, there's something wonderful that's happened, says, hush little baby. Hush, little baby, don't you cry, which is what happened to your life. If I, As I look in your life and the moments we spent, hush, little baby, don't you cry, and you found your way and surrounded yourself with yoga, meditation, and people, and music. Mm-hmm. And the next verse is, one of these mornings, you're going to rise up singing. <laughs> Did you ever uh, regain the, uh, your voice again to sing? 
I did on your stage. You sure did. <laughs> In Spanish. Yes, you did. That's right. That's right. It, can you sing a little excerpt of what you sang then? Ooh. Gracias a la vida. To, oh, now, because I know the back... Um, drop story, I have to ask you your permission. Can you share that? Mm-hmm. We heard a little bit about your mom in the beginning. Was Just to recap our audience, our KPFA listening audience, um, Nakia's mom um, was in and out of her life with more out than in, and that ended up in the uh, prison system. And the song, the, this little snippet of a piece of song, she, no, this little snippet of the song, I don't want to say the word piece, she sang, tell us about that story. So, um, um, on International Women's Day, um, I woke up and I wasn't feeling well. It was a, you know, and I, I didn't know what was going on. And um, I, I was, I, I got up and I was playing the song, the Gracias a la Vida. It's by Violetta Parra. And um, I was playing the song and I was playing it on flute and singing it. I've been learning it in Spanish. And there's a part of the song where uh, she says her, her feet are so tired. And I, I just kept breaking down in the tears. And, um, and I started to, to think, you know, something, something's up, something's not right. And uh, the song is, Violetta Potter wrote the song about, she wrote the song about uh, um, 1966, the same year that my mom was born. And then she, uh, she took her life a year later. And um, just after playing that song, I played one video, and then I received a phone call that uh, my mom had passed away. So um, that's how the universe shared that information with me. It sent it to me through that song. The song that was there the day, the day your mother was born. Mm-hmm. Let's do the soundboard. Um, we have about a minute and a half. And so... I want to thank Nakia now. We played a soundboard for sharing the healing sounds of music, her life and special education, her dream to move forward and to continue. And I want us all to think deeply with our breath right now as we listen to the soundboard that she plays. Our breath. takes us, where mine takes me now is a small little town, and people of all backgrounds are walking, joining on the road together, moving, church bells are ringing, calling. Vibration. 
evolution of humanity. Some children skip, some twirl. Grown, grown men clap their hands. Doors open. A woman's inclined to bend her head and laugh, just because laughter feels good in the moment. Somebody hopes for rain just because they got hope in their pocket on the day. That's what I imagine. Breathe. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my guest Nakia Wright. Thank you, Erica. Do your vibration. investment. Support KPFA Radio today. We make the most of every dollar donated by producing truly independent news, analysis, cultural and public affairs programming. You are essential in keeping that information flowing and KPFA on the air. Invest today. Become a member or an ally as a monthly sustainer. Online today at kpfa.org and we promise to stay as vigilant as always. Two heroic whistleblowers present a fascinating exposé when Mel Goodman and the great Daniel Ellsberg discuss Goodman's urgent new book, Whistleblower at the CIA, an insider's account of the politics of intelligence. Goodman will join Ellsberg on Wednesday, June 21st at 7.30 p.m. at First Presbyterian Church, 2407 Dana Street in Berkeley. There's wheelchair access. Flashpoints, Dennis J. Bernstein.